welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it is great to be with you. Today, we are talking about the spiritual practice of collaboration, and we are joined by John Anderson, the executive director of the Collaboration Project. So John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. What an honor. Well, as we are talking about the spiritual practice of collaboration, John, you represent a nonprofit literally with the word collaboration in it. And so I wonder if you can take a few moments to talk about why you chose to focus on that and the importance of collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. I should have some sort of thoughtful answer to this question, I think, right? Yeah. In an attempt to be succinct, I think the organization I work with now and helped found in 2019 really came out of my own work as a pastor for 20 years previous to that. And as a pastor, much of my work was in community development or community engagement spaces and trying to help the churches that I was working at serve locally or in, in many cases like nationally and globally. But it really around the local work, it was a growing observation that every church I encountered in whatever space it was in was trying to serve their community. But very few of us were doing it together, and there was a lot of redundancy in the kind of efforts. And so in the position that I had, I was like, man, I wish there was an organization that existed that brought me and others like me together so that we could learn together and even potentially work together to do the kind of community service, the community transformation that we long for, but do it more impactfully together. So that was happening simultaneously, I think, a growing observation around the country where the, there was these different movements popping up in different cities. And there's different names to summarize them, but they all had in common like multiple churches coming together with a real focus on their given community. And so that was happening as well. And then in 2019, that's its own long story, was no longer working at the church and had this moment of, I think I'm supposed to help lead the, that organization that I wish somebody else was doing. So I feel like there's a lot of stories where it seems like that can be God's sense of humor, or at least it plays out that way in retrospect. And so that was really the foundation. And I think the heart behind collaboration and why that seemed important was that I saw a significant growth opportunity for the church to work more together and also an opportunity to make an impact in the community that would only be possible if we did it together because our resources individually are somewhat significant, but quite significant uh, if pointed in the same direction. So that to me is the heart of collaboration is like seeing different communities find common ground for the common good is another like colloquial we use a lot. See them come together and, and what comes out of that. That maybe we'll talk more about that, but there's just fun, exciting things that you sometimes plan and sometimes are like, whoa, that's happening. There's an attempt at your answer. How did I do? And you're describing collaboration as a way of life, a way of being, right? So you could have one-off experiences where you did one event and then moved on, but you're describing it differently. So can you talk a little bit more? Like how did that ethos come into play? How do you live into that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you're right in the sense that collaboration is a way of being, and it's not just a one-time decision, although it can emerge as one time, a series of one-time decisions. But I think as a way of being, it's a way of recognizing our own need for other people. I think the body of Christ metaphor is a wonderful metaphor that encourages and in fact only reinforces the need for collaboration, recognizing that I have certain skills and talents, and that's both as an individual, but even within the community I'm a part of. It's just a subset of what other communities can bring to the game. And 
So learning to see the world through a lens of, I don't have the skill set to do everything well. In fact, I probably at best have the skill set to do one or two things well, but I'm surrounded by, and when we put our talents and skills together, there's something really beautiful and powerful about that. And so it's looking, so I think it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of flexibility. And honestly, it takes a willingness to go slower sometimes because you're bringing a lot of voices and talents and perspectives together and then building trust. And these are not like, okay, I'm collaborating now, go. But I think it's a, you maybe reference this, but a way I like to think about it often is it's like an ecosystem and you're developing a different kind of ecosystem. And that takes a long time. So I think in that sense, it can become a way of living and not just a an activity where I'm like, this weekend I'm collaborating and next weekend I'm not, but rather that this is part of how I see the world and see myself in it. I love that. I love that you bring up humility. I am currently going through an online formation class that's studying the rule of St. Benedict, going through the book, the rule of St. Benedict and right smack dab in the middle of the book is the glue that holds everything together. And it is the practice of humility. But I wonder, what are some barriers that you might identify? How do we engage in spiritual practices as a way to move through those barriers to the other side, to where collaboration becomes just a daily thing that we do? Now, let me ask that back to you. Are you saying, what are the barriers to humility or potentially the barriers to collaboration? Or maybe it's both. It was to collaboration, but it could be both. And I think, yeah, probably in many cases, the one and the same. Yeah, I think barriers to collaboration, I probably have more thought out articulation to that question would be, you want to move fast, whether it's your personality or you feel a sense of urgency. And because you want to move fast and make decisions fast, you just don't feel like you have the time to bring other voices or other perspectives or come under other people's leadership, right? It's not even always you leading that initiative, but it's this shared leadership, shared way of going, which is, it's just slower. I think there's some times where you're just like, I don't like that way. I don't want to do that. <laughs> there is some discernment, I think, that happens where you can't do it all and you have to make decisions. And I think there's certain personality types that tend to be, they don't lend themselves as naturally to collaborative decision-making and leadership. They have a sense of this is the way to go and I have clarity on that. And so come with me or don't, but here's where we're going. So if you lead in that style, like that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think that can be a barrier to collaboration and makes it really difficult. Um, I think within the church, it's important to name that there are significant divides. I think a theme for me has emerged as an invitation to deep listening. And to me, that's a personal invitation and one that I probably feel confident I will spend a lifetime growing into. But also I sense an invitation to, to invite others around me into that practice of deep listening. And the way I understand and define that in my experience is an opportunity to believe that the spirit of God is reflected in every single person I'm engaging with. And as I can listen to their story, that the image of God is more clearly revealed as I'm truly trying to hear their story, hear their perspective, understand where they're coming from, understand their base desires. And to me, that is a reflection, I think, of a deep longing that we all have that all of us want to be heard. And I would argue it's the it's a basic 
foundational building block of collaboration because if you don't start with actually hearing one another actually taking time to try to understand their perspective their point of view where they're coming from and recognizing it's important then you're just gonna you're gonna plow right over them and i think accidentally perhaps but you will dehumanize them and so the opportunity i think for followers of jesus especially but any human beings to deeply listen to one another as a starting point to humanize and see their full humanity and then move from there to me is a practice that has been immensely helpful and and immensely meaningful in my own just personal life experience i think i'm drawn a little bit to the notion of when it's hard for someone to figure out how to collaborate. We were talking before we started recording about how I went to school for opera, right? So opera is very solo. And I was in school, I hated group projects because somebody might not <laughs> hold up their end of the deal. And then I didn't want my grade to suffer because you didn't hold up your end. So it felt like a big risk to collaborate. And so in my adult life, I am helped by those who appreciate collaboration and who can take me under their wing and help me to move along and to grow. I don't know. What would you say? How could you be helpful to these people who they want to? The heart is there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. They know it's the right answer, but Oh, it's hard. This Okay. I'm going to share an opinion statement that I share in a lot of spaces that, uh, it's just that. But I, I, to me, I think it's essential for successful collaboration in any context, whether it's like person to person organization, is to be able to articulate their sense of what is a win-win in that relational exchange. And again, I mean that between groups or between individuals. And then if you can sincerely walk away with a sense of, I'm winning based on the decisions we make, and the other person's going, I'm winning too, then I think you, you've set yourself up for good collaboration. If instead the posture is I'm here for you and I'm giving up of myself and maybe even doing it a little bit grudgingly, but it's because I perceive I'm helping you towards something I think is important to you. In my opinion, one, I think that has some really unhelpful and unhealthy power dynamics. And secondly, I don't think it has sustainability because at some point you're going to be like, it's just not worth it anymore. I'm just not going to invest the energy into helping you when it doesn't help me. And so I think there's a basic basic starting point as you enter a conversation around whatever it is to go, okay, what is the outcome we're looking for? And how can we both feel like we're coming out ahead? And maybe it's not as ahead as if you just did it yourself, but if you're both feeling like you're moving forward, I think that to me is the starting point. And if you can't, that you walk away from that conversation you're like hey i can still love you i can still like you but in this space or around this decision or this endeavor like we're just not going to collaborate and that's okay so that doesn't always have to have that positive outcome in the sense of yeah you don't always have to collaborate <laughs> it's just i think looking for the opportunities and moving on it when you can find that win-win Oh, that's great. i think one of the things that i'm drawn to in this conversation john is you, you talked about pace of life that individuals, uh, the trajectory that they're on, just a, like an unsustainable pace. And what ways in your own life have you taken a look at the, at pace? And what are some things that you've instituted to, to keep a good pace or to slow down or 
even to speed up at times. How do you look at pace? What are some things that you've instituted? <laughs> I somehow suspect this is not, I'm not going to offer the healthiest perspective by practices. Maybe I could offer health by confessions. Going back to the deep listening and opportunities for that, I think one of the things I've felt convicted about and an invitation to try to carve out time is being available to people in, in moments, to, to not be so hurried that you're going to always rush past your neighbor or that conversation that happens in the workplace or the happenstance in the community as you're together, that you've created enough margins that you can pause yourself and be, find yourself like, I'm going to be fully present with this person and let this conversation play out versus, oh my, I think there's something significant here, but I've got on my schedule the next thing in 10 minutes. I got to go, but peace be with you. And so how to do that, just get another guest and have them follow up with me. That'd be great. I think maybe one thing that I've practiced with some success, I put that in air quotes, would be protecting a full day off that is unstructured, play with my family kind of day. And I think that has been through the lens of what is a Sabbath and what does that mean for us? And we're pretty serious about that in the Anderson family in a way that I'm really grateful for. That doesn't always play out the other six days of the week, but that has a goodness. So sorry, that's not like the best answer. And I actually really eager to hear other people's wisdom because we don't live in a culture that like embraces healthy pace. We celebrate insanity. And we give that as a badge of honor. Like, how busy are you? So busy. Oh, awesome. You're holy. You're productive. You're valuable. So that's crap. <laughs> and I appreciate you naming that, John, because I think in the circles that we are in, there's desire to do good and to help the community. And so what we're doing has meaning and value and purpose. And so I think sometimes the lines can get blurred around that. But I think to our point earlier of, the long game of collaboration, that it's a way of life, it's a way of being. And even you saying earlier, sometimes it's the one-off things that we do, but it's a series of the one-offs that we then discern that, yeah, this is the sustainable thing that I want to engage in. And so I wonder if you have any final thoughts as it relates to the spiritual practice of collaboration that you'd want to share today with our listeners. Yeah, I love what actually what I just heard you say, because I think it, it reminded me that at the end of the day, collaboration project or collaboration as a whole, not just our organization, as a whole, as a concept, is rooted in relationship. And that it's really about taking the time and building into relationship with other people. And the truth is, I'm an introvert. So like lots of relationships and lots of time with people is not the space where I'm feeling refueled. And that's not necessarily easy for me. Um, so I hope that this comes with even a little bit more wisdom behind it in the sense that I've just increasingly convicted and convinced that relationship is relationship. And so who am I building trust with? Who am I? And then it's out of relationship that comes collaboration. And I think sometimes we flip that and we're like, let's get some, let's be project-based and don't really care about relationship. And it goes back to that sense of deep listening and fully humanizing the people around us. And I think if we approach it that way, we're bound to hurt each other and do some pretty unhelpful things to ourselves and others. So if there's any wisdom in that, I'd say relationship. I think we're wired for that. I think the Christian perspective offers a relationship with a living God. And there's something beautiful about 
how holistic that is in our human experience. Good words of wisdom. So thanks for that, John. And I know from the Foundry Spiritual Center perspective, we're really grateful for ongoing opportunities that we have been discerning to work with collaboration projects. So look forward to see what continues to unfold. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Now is the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into. So what are we into, my friends? I am into Cindy Lauper. There is a song that she sings that has come up over and over again, time after time. And this song has so many hidden gems inside of it. And it's just been in multiple conversations that I've had. In fact, one of the conversations was about Cindy Lauper being on the PBS show Roots. And so just tracing back the heritage. And so I am all about Cindy Lauper. I plan on watching this Roots special to hear about her ancestry and time after time just keeps delivering beautiful nuggets into my life. Wow, that's exciting. I am into learning how to play the handbells. I recently joined a handbell choir. There was an hour of learning the notations. There's a different notation than I've than is in any music I've ever encountered, which is just remarkable. And then there's an art to how to do it, both for the visual effect as well as what happens when you do certain things and if you want the bell to ring or not. So lots to learn. But it's so beautiful, and I'm so excited about being a part of it. I will continue then, I guess, with the music theme. And I am into learning about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So by the time this podcast airs, it will be spring break here in the Roberts household. And we are hopefully planning a trip to visit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. It's been one of those things on the list for a while, and we think we can make it happen this spring break. I will come back and report how it was and maybe Cindy Lauper. I don't know if she's inducted or if there are handbells as part of that, but we will celebrate all things rock and roll coming soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, make it a great week. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.